Welcome in, everybody, to the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, October 12th, and it is a game day at that. Happy game day, Saints fans. Your Saints will take on the Los Angeles Chargers tonight at 7.15 p.m. on ESPN. Happy game day to you all. We have an exciting show for you. Uh, We'll have ESPN's Monday Night Football analyst Brian Greasy on the show. Now, the interview was conducted on Friday. That was the only time we could get him. Um, So you'll hear him say, stay safe a few times. That was when Hurricane Delta was about to hit New Orleans, or so we thought. Um, So that is why he is saying that. But luckily, uh, New Orleans, at least, was out of the path of Hurricane Delta. I'll also speak with the anthem singer for Monday Night Football, Mark Broussard. He talks a little bit about his performance. Uh, doing the national anthem a little bit different this year than in years past when he's performed the national anthem inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, But nevertheless, great conversation with Mark Broussard. If you missed it on Saturday, we had your Saturday injury report presented by Acadian Ambulance. If you want to see the full injury report for the Saints and the Chargers, you can go to NewOrleansSaints.com or go on your Saints app to take a look at that. All right, let's go ahead and get into my interview with ESPN's Monday Night Football analyst Brian Greasy. Brian, congratulations first of all on on getting onto the ESPN Monday Night Football booth. Has it been a little bit of an adjustment having to work in a three-man booth? Sure. Um, Everything is an adjustment, right, this year for all of us. Um, You know, everything from travel and meetings um, having to be done remotely. Uh, All of our meetings internally as a a crew uh, have been done remotely, so we don't see uh, any of our crew face-to-face. Um, basically, I see Steve Levy and I see Lewis Riddick and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that part has been different. Um, you know, I think uh, for us as a, as a crew, as a group in the booth, yeah, obviously having three guys in the booth is an adjustment. Um, you know, you have to learn how to play off of each other. Um, I've worked with Steve Levy for the last four years, so have a really uh, good sense and comfort level with him and now bringing Lewis in, really integrating him and and the three of us not talking over each other, um, being able to go back and forth and uh, talk about a topic. Um, you know, I think it's, it's been an adjustment period, but I think we've, we've found a way to, um, to work together and, um, and to maintain enough space in the broadcast where you're not talking wall to wall, play to play. Nobody wants to listen to that. Yeah. Um, they want to they wanna hear uh, what's going on, why plays are successful, the analysis of that, be, have some entertainment, uh, some fun and then and then be done and so uh, I think we've we're starting to kind of catch our groove there yeah I was about to say it's week five and we had Lewis on the podcast a few weeks ago obviously uh, tremendously um, you know he has a tremendous amount of knowledge as do you do you feel like the things he says sometimes kind of build you up to to bring in another piece of information do you feel like you guys have found that balance of building off of each other and your chemistry yeah, I think so. I mean, Lewis brings a different perspective too, as a defensive player, as a front office um, experienced guy, um, you know, and I bring a very different perspective. And I think uh, certainly when we look at a play and why it was successful, I can talk, um, you know, offensively about what a quarterback is seeing or doing or trying to exploit. And he can talk from a defensive standpoint. I think, I think that's helped. Uh, but, but even, you know, when we talk about bigger picture stuff, um, last week we had the Packers and we were talking about the relationship between a coach and a quarterback um, and being able to peel back layers of the onion on it, so to speak, with respect to a, 
a bigger picture conversation like that. I think having three guys in the booth will definitely help with that. Has, you know, there's, there hasn't been a ton of adjustments to Monday night football to your schedule, but there's been so much change all over the league with COVID testing and, you know, different outbreaks on different teams, namely the, you know, the Titans. Has that required some adjustment on your preparation for preparing for games, just knowing different schedules are adjusting and things like that, or has everything been pretty status quo for you? Well, you know, they haven't moved any of our Monday night games and we haven't had any uh, teams that we've been covering that have been affected. Um, So not yet is the answer to your question, but um, I would not be surprised if at some point, you know, we are dealing with very similar to what, you know, other broadcast crews are dealing with. Um, And when our our team that we're covering is affected, we're going to have to be flexible. And that's just the name of the game is to be flexible, understanding, um, safe, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, the most important thing are the health and safety of all the players and the coaches and all the personnel, our crew, um, you know, our crew is the safety of our crew is important. So uh, everybody just has to do their part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian, as a quarterback, what have been your impressions of, of the rookie and Justin Herbert as we talk about the Saints Chargers game coming up on Monday? Yeah, it was a difficult situation for, for Justin Herbert. Um, you know, not knowing that he was going to start that game against Kansas City. I mean, imagine, you know, this is your dream, right? <laughs> and you've, you've lived your entire life um, waiting for this opportunity to play in the National Football League. Um, and all week, he was probably emulating Patrick Mahomes in practice, you know, didn't get any snaps with the first team offense. It was all Tyrod Taylor. Um, and then shows up to the game you know, with the mindset, hey, I'm going to, you know, watch the defense and help Tyrod when he comes off the field and whatever I can do to help the team. Um, and then, you know, Anthony Lynn comes up to him 10 minutes before the game and says, hey, you're, you're the starter. And this kid thought he was joking. You know, he thought that the coach was joking. He had to tell him multiple times. <laughs> no, dude, you're going you're gonna to be the guy that goes out there and, and starts this game and plays against the defending Super Bowl champs and Patrick Mahomes. So, I think the way that he handled himself in that situation probably told you all you needed to know about his future in the league. Um, And then, you know, for three games, he's played really, really well. Um, The stage has not been too big for him. Uh, He clearly belongs. Um, Now he's made some mistakes, um, some costly turnovers and interceptions that, that have decided the outcomes of some of these games. Um, So if he can clean that up, and get some of his pieces back healthy. Obviously, he's not going to have Austin Eckler for this game. Uh, but Mike Williams is trying to get back. Um, and so if, if he can get those pieces back and settle down and, and eliminate those mistakes, he's going to be an excellent football player. Do you think you would prefer that option to the having all week the anticipation of, okay, I'm <laughs> going up against the Chiefs. I have to right. game plan the pressure. Would you almost just rather jump in and kind of be forced into the fire and swing, sink or swim? I'd, I'd kind of like to have a little bit of preparation, you know. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> that maybe might be a good too. thing. You know, maybe be able to throw a few balls to Mike Williams and, and uh, Keenan <laughs> Allen and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I would prefer to know. Ah, man, that's funny. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being in that, especially, I mean, I feel like we're not giving enough credit. You're going against the reigning Super Bowl champion. Uh, Well, I mean, think about what he's had to do. Like the first game he goes up against Patrick Mahomes, right? 
And then a couple of weeks later, he goes up against Tom Brady. Now it's Drew Brees. I mean, think of those three quarterbacks that this young man has had to go against in the first month of his career. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Yep. Uh, Brian, when we look at the Saints, um, obviously a little bit slower of a start than I think anyone was expecting, especially for this defense. The Saints have been dealing with injuries, especially to Michael Thomas and, and last week to their secondary. But in your opinion, what improvements, I guess we'll start on the offense, do the Saints offense need to make if they want to make a lasting impact in this in the, on the season this year? Well, I, yeah, I think that everybody uh, had high expectations for the Saints coming in. A lot of people picking them to go to the, the Super Bowl, yeah. um, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, a closing window on Drew Brees. And there's been so much narrative about can Drew Brees still do it, um, you know, and a two and two start. Let me remind you, a two and two starts pretty good. Yeah. And they beat and they beat their main rival in the NFC uh, South in, in the Bucks week one. So um, to me, they are they are ahead of everybody else in the division, which is a great thing. Okay. Now the way that they lost to the Raiders, certainly um, I think opened some eyes. Yeah. And, um, but I think, I also think that the last two games um, have been better offensively. Um, I think that there was an adjustment period to not having Michael Thomas. Um, I don't think that Drew had the same level of comfort with Emmanuel Sanders, who had just come in. Um, and Traquan Smith, we've all kind of been waiting for him, right, to show up. Um, and, but then at the same time, you lose Jared Cook last week. And I thought that last week's game was a huge step for Traquan Smith. And, and they need that. That offense needs him uh, to step up and be the playmaker. I think that Emmanuel Sanders needs to be the third guy. I think it needs to be Michael Thomas on one side, Traquan Smith on the other, and then Emmanuel Sanders can give you a burst a little every now and then down the field uh, and really open up the underneath for Cook, Kamara, Traquan Smith. Uh, that's how I have kind of evaluated the Saints offensively. Uh, but it was good to see that Drew had some comfort level with Traquan last week, uh, right before half, right? The big third down throws it to him, and then the very next play pushes it down the field for a touchdown. Um, I thought that was really telling. And um, so it can't just be the Alvin show. We know that um, they're going to key on him out of the backfield. Um, so I think, uh, I think they're, they're catching their rhythm. And if, if, if Michael Thomas is able to come back and play and integrate back into this offense, I think they'll be fine. He kind of made a face when you were talking about Drew Brees and the scrutiny that he's been under. What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously Drew's not lying to anyone. He's not saying I'm going to be out, come out here and be Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but He's, he's got the IQ. He's got the arm. What are your thoughts on uh, the scrutiny that Drew Brees has been under the last few weeks? I, I just think that when you get to this age, everybody is, is uh, waiting for you to have a bad game to write you off, you know? I, and I think it's, I think it's lazy, re, you know, reporting. I think it's lazy commentary and hot takes. Uh, when a guy, you know, throws a ball and, and it lands a couple of feet short, everybody says he's done, you know? Um, now he didn't play well. I think, I think his issues were, were more on the accuracy side than the arm strength side in the first couple of weeks. Um, and he's corrected that in the last two weeks and looked great. Um, so Drew Brees has never had a strong arm. Like, I don't know yeah. where people are coming up with. He needs to throw the ball 60 yards down the field. It's never been himself. Yeah. Yeah. But he's always been accurate. He's always been able to anticipate and he's always been able to manipulate defense. Right. And he still can do all those things. And he still has the weapons. Um, so I think, you know, 
the people that have written off Drew Brees uh, were premature and, you know, give it some time. And they're still in great position from a record standpoint and the way that the NFC is wide open this year to be there at the end. The defense for the Saints, Brian, it, you know, obviously they've dealt with some some injury. They were expecting to have Marcus Davenport come back, expecting to have that kind of bookend to Cam Jordan. What would you, what would your hopes be for um, the Saints defense? What would your expectations be for the Saints defense if they want to make a, an impact in the NFC? Well, I, you know, I, I came um, before the season started. I looked at the roster and, and, and watched some tape from last year, and I felt like the the Saints defensive line could be a strength of the team. Um, you know, with, with all that they had coming back and Cam Jordan, Davenport, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Anya Mata, uh, I, I felt like they had a deep rotation. Uh, they had some good young players like Hendrickson and Granderson. And I think Hendrickson is, has played well in the absence of Marcus Davenport. Um, so you fi- you're finding some pieces that can be rotational guys when you do get healthy. Um, but I, but certainly it hasn't been up to expectation. And, and the main reason, and it's no secret, the main reason why is the secondary and, and specifically the penalties yeah. in the secondary. Um, so, you know, they've got to get that fixed. And, you know, I've known Aaron Glenn for a long time, former player uh, and Dennis Allen. They've got to, they've got to make that a point of emphasis because um, they're coming in now with a team in the chargers. That's going to continue to push the ball down the field. They've got big wideouts. Um, Hunter Henry's a problem and no Eckler, you would think that they're going to, they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if Marshawn Lattimore and, and, uh, and Jenkins are going to be healthy enough to go. I really like Patrick Robinson. I think he's, um, kind of a diamond in the rough. Um, he hasn't been as consistent through his career, but he, but this year he seems to be playing more consistent and better. Um, so I really like him. Um, but yeah, this defense, I think, um, needs to eliminate the penalties. And, and if they're able to do that, they would be in much better position. Well, Brian, we appreciate you coming on the show. Looking forward to hearing you on Monday night football as the Saints take on the Chargers. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, stay safe down there. And I look forward to coming down. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks to Brian for joining me on the show today. I'm sure by today he is in town and hopefully enjoying this New Orleans beautiful weather uh, that we've been having all weekend. Hopefully it's the same case uh, tonight as the Saints take on the Chargers. Okay, next up is singer-songwriter Mark Broussard, who will be performing the national anthem for the Saints-Chargers game. Mark, for for listeners who don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of insight on who you are, kind of your your brand of music? Sure. Uh, I started uh, singing when I was about five years old. My dad was uh, what we call a weekend warrior musician. He he marched up and down I-10 on the weekends to make some supplementary income for the family. And um, at around 20 years old, I signed a record deal. I'm from Lafayette Parish. I'm from a little town called Karen Crow, just on the north side of Lafayette. And uh, I signed a record deal with Island Def Jam when I was around 20 and uh, started touring. I've been all over the world. We've toured with everybody from Maroon 5 to Bonnie Raitt. And uh, I love the Hoodats. I love I love the Saints. That's awesome. So I see you got your flirtily hat and I see yep. your pictures all in the back. 
<laughs> elect, elect Breeze. He's a mighty good leader. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very fitting for our climate nowadays. So I love that. Um, Mark, for, for fans who haven't listened to you, where can they find your music, whether that's on Spotify and what should they expect when they listen to you? Are you a country artist? Are you pop? I know you mentioned Maroon 5. What kind of music are you? Well, uh, you can get my music anywhere. Spotify, Apple, YouTube. I've got most of my albums up on YouTube for free as well. And, uh, I like to think that I have a song for every occasion. So there's, there's going to be some stuff that leans a little more rock. There's going to be some stuff that leans a little soul. There's going to be some stuff that leans a little country. Uh, my fans have told me that, that, you know, I've got a perfect song for every mood. So, uh, I never really stuck into a certain pigeonhole. I like to, I like to let the muse tickle me wherever she feels fancy. I like that. I like that. Uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about your game day traditions? Obviously, this Monday will be a little bit different with you performing the national anthem. Uh, but what does a typical uh, New Orleans Saints game day look like for you? Well, it usually uh, involves hanging at either my house or my folks' house. Uh, we get together as a family. We get some boudin, some crackling, and some beer. And we kick back and watch the hoodats whip up on somebody hopefully <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed on that one yeah. uh, so you did already record your national anthem so i understand mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that process and maybe your emotions when you first found out that you're going to be doing that well so i've actually done the anthem several times in the stadium uh and that's always an incredible an wow. incredible experience to stand out on the field and sing the anthem uh this is obviously a little bit different but we were in the studio last week uh, tracking with a, another Louisiana legend, a guy called Warren Storm. And uh, I had the cameras ready to go. And we I just got some brand new lights that let me put some colors in the background. So we put some red, white, and blue colors in the background and and uh, did my best rendition. I've got a good friend of mine from Baton Rouge, Andy Bourgeois, playing keys on it as well. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a different experience, but nonetheless, I love being a part of anything Saints oriented. Um, my drummer and Mickey Loomis are actually fairly close. Oh, wow. And uh, and after they won the Super Bowl, those guys, Sean Payton and Mickey showed up at a show that we played at Harris and Mickey was going to let me play the show with his ring on. I was like, ah, I'm good. I'd like <laughs> to try it on, but I don't think I want to go play the show with it, man. I'm going to mess it up. So, yeah, we always like being involved. Every season, I try to get at least one anthem performance in. Yeah, I mean, it's a little little bit different uh, than performing in front of those 70,000 fans who are screaming out and everything. But uh, nevertheless, I'm sure the the 750 that will be in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome will be happy to see you. And um, those who are watching Dome at Home will be happy to see you as well. Mark, I understand you're doing some uh, live performances via Zoom for, for some fans. How's that been going? It's been going well, you know, it's keeping the food on the table. Luckily, uh, there's a company called Topeka Live that uh, has, a, has a great little platform. Uh, I've got a great little setup here in, in, in my home studio for, uh, for us to do multicam shoots for folks. So you can either get uh, like a 15 minute performance or a 45 minute performance. And like I said, it's been keeping the lights on. So I can't, I couldn't be more grateful for it. I've got some wonderful fans who really stepped up and, and helped during a really, really difficult time for my industry. It looks like we're probably not going to be back on tour until sometime around April. Yeah. So uh, it's been, it's been a blessing for sure. First question, how can fans access those, those live performances? Second, has it been a little bit strange performing in front of your webcam? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a bit strange, um, you know, especially, uh, so I've done a few different things. We, we do, we, we, early on, we were doing some Facebook and YouTube stuff. And, uh, and it's definitely weird when you play your songs with a band and then no one applauds. Yeah. It's sort of surreal. With the Zoom shows, at least, there's some live interaction. So I can see the folks on the other end and, and see their reactions. They have to mute their their uh, microphones so that they don't interrupt the song. So you still can't hear any any applause, but you can see them kind of cheers and clapping and whatnot. But yeah, it's been an odd year to say the least. Yeah, very odd. Um, so Mark, where can fans access those those live performances that you're putting on? Yeah, so you can go to my YouTube page and see a ton. You could probably spend uh, ten hours. You could ride out the whole storm before the before the, the lights go out, knock on wood, uh, <laughs> just watching YouTube videos. I've got a bunch of stuff that, that I shot with my dad and I uh, that's, that the fans seem to love. I think we have one, one video with like 23 million views or something. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to book an actual live digital concert, you can go to Topeka Live. Perfect. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing you perform on Monday. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Who that? If you'd like to find out more about Mark, you can find his website at M-A-R-C, that's Mark, M-A-R-C, Broussard, B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com. He has his website where you can look at all of those private live video concerts that are available. All right, it is game day. It's time for me to go get my game day fit and get a little bit hype before Dome at Home Live. Don't forget you can tune in to Dome at Home Live on the Saints app, Saints social media, anywhere uh, right at home on your device. It'll be an hour before kickoff, so at 6.15, you can tune in to Dome at Home Live presented by FedEx. We will also have your post-game press conferences of Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and several other players immediately following the game, hopefully immediately following following a win over the Chargers. All right, thanks so much for joining us for a game day edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Don't forget, game night tonight, ESPN, 7.15 p.m. Central. See you there, Saints fans.